as we come towards the um, ending of this particular form of of practice in this particular group set up with these routines and so forth um, naturally there's a need to understand autonomy you know, get a finger for autonomy how you operate how you monitor how you uh, live in your own practice this is and uh, coming into a personal form you know, in some ways it's uh, difficult and very rewarding to be able to just slowly come out of some of the personal forms the uh, habits the stories the um, <laughs> the identity patterns that we kind of live in you know on a very obvious level kind of the routines and the things we're doing just to come out of that to, so we're not being run by that and in within that you begin to of course come into touch with the more intimate personal forms you know psychologies you know willfulness or uncertainty or uh, you know limitations in terms of heart sometimes there's some sadness or limitations in the ability to feel to deeply feel to feel refreshed to feel blessed to feel happy to feel welcome these kind of um, sankharas you know these are the programs these are the patterns that get structured in some of them are relatively superficial some of them are pretty deeply ingrained and uh, there's always that you know sense of when we come out of even a little bit you feel a sense of relief and uh, let's say not exactly growth but a certain sense of um, more wholeness you know more complete more settled you feel better literally in better shape you're not so so constricted or dented or you know and suddenly feel more more fully yourself you know you're you're less that particular pattern you know you begin to sense these patterns of programs are not self and they just are patterns of programs and that's the first thing you you recognize is that you know they're unsatisfactory then also they are they are they're not really you who you are but they're what you're what you're conditioned into and they can change this is the kind of the real the wisdom realizations we see as as path as what we wish to to bring around and fruit that which we can acknowledge we have brought around you know either seen or diminished or seen free spaces within there where we're not so compelled to be our story to be the old story you know some of these stories of course are you know deep and painful and uh and so forth history personal history and so coming out of old karma 
it's old sankharas, old patterns. Uh, and feeling the sense of a, of a, an awareness, something that seems mm, more anonymous and yet somehow rich, fluent, bright. It can expand. It can, uh, you know, it can be there with bits of you to drop away, bits of you flake off. <laughs> bits of your storyline stop and there's some sense of oh you know how wonderful that is the light dawning as it were yeah and so we get that that lovely sense of you know letting go is is happy letting go however much it comes through touching and bearing with some of these painful pieces that there is a result that's joyful. Yeah. Uh, Buddha, lovely image he gave of, um, you know, a sense of understanding suffering and letting go of it. And he's saying, you know, if you had someone made you this offer that in the morning they'd stab you with a hundred spears in the afternoon they'd stab you with a hundred spears in the evening they'd stab you with a hundred spears and that went on for a hundred years <laughs> every day at the end of it you got a realisation of the Four Noble Truths you should take that offer <laughs> <laughs> and he said moreover Moreover, this realization would be accompanied by tremendous joy. You know, so it's like sometimes it's like that, isn't it? You know, the feeling of the the confusion and the painful, and you know, just coming again and again and again. So there can be that uh, unpredicted um, change, something that we don't can't really arrange, and yet we commit to. Bearing, being as honest, being as present as we can, allowing our awareness to rich and become rich, rich enough, strong enough, patient enough to come out of this, this casing of sankharas, of programs. You know, and you're seeing it for little, little bits, you know, dropping away. There's always great encouragement coming out of those old personal forms. And interestingly enough, of course, you know, that's a very intimate practice. It's the most intimate, th nobody else can ever really teach you it. You know, whatever anyone says, any teacher says, any system says, for you it's always a bit different. It's always a bit different. It's not quite that. But you pick up something about the, the encouragement or the the main themes, but then there's always your own way in which it has to fit. That's kind of interesting and very exciting and kind of empowering. You know, it's somewhere it's it's the most subjective experience you can have is that way in which your awareness finally meets this this 
gridlock, seeming gridlock of sankharas and finds a way through. Because yeah. it's, you know, even though, yeah, because it's the whole pattern of of your karma is is very. It's just only you've only, there's only one <laughs> particular combination is unique. You know, the, the elements may be common, but the particular patterning is is unique. So, the realization is always unique, and even the way in which you know we find the kind of qualities of of attention, pressure joyfulness smart you know how it how it works for you is going to be your particular discovery mm. trial and error so there's that real encouragement for autonomy and you know if you like there's a there's a subjective a really really subjective quality to practice mm. in fact it asks to you to be more subjective than your personality is <laughs> you know which is so much built upon you know implicit contrasts and comparisons with others you know, kind of somehow being modeled and molded by 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 the society by others by you know what we've been allowed to be or what we've been uh, um you know, admired for being or what what works with other people so we we can keep being that person because it allows us to get on with others, you know. <laughs> so that, that's the, the personality is rather like that. You know? So it's actually not very much not, not yours. <laughs> so that kind of shift over from really taking that person as yourself mm. and of course in our in our daily lives all of us have to a living one you know this life you know um, so there's that sense of coming into uh, an individual form So in some ways we come out, we we recognise the need to to release or get perspectives on these personality forms, personal forms. That process itself is very intimate and subjective, and you know, for each in individual. And because of that, what uh, you know, what you have to take faith in is. The ability for awareness to come into a, an individual form, you know, to fill up in your life, so it's not like somebody else's. You know, it doesn't have to be like somebody else's. It doesn't have to. You know, it, it's it's the way it works for you. This means there's always an element of risk in it, <laughs> because it's not like anybody else. There isn't anybody else like you, <laughs> and there's, n- you know, 
and even more so it's even more un it's more risky than your than your personal forms personality forms which is kind of you know it's a familiar story but you can do it you know you spent years honing that one <laughs> to perfection it's a it, you can run it out at a moment's notice. It just comes rolling out and you go through your stuff again. You are, you are again. It's, so it's kind of rusty and creaky, but you can kind of trust it really. It creaks along. It sort of handles things in a reasonable way. Um, it's, 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 it's predictable. <laughs> you know, it's where you, you can be nice and you can be this and you can be responsible and you can do these things, you know, <laughs> get on. But the, the, I think the real challenge for us in our in our in our daily life is to recognise when some of those habit forms, you know, st- start to come in. You're just giving yourself a choice. You know. So when you have this sense of really acknowledging the quality and the power and the integrity of your dharma practice, of what it's what it's bringing into you, of what you're filling with. You know, there's tremendous, um, you know, for me, I've noticed immense amounts of sincerity and commitment and really looking as closely and as fully and as honestly as one can. I just really see this in these retreats, you know, real beautiful shining quality of, of, of of intention, you know. So the fullness of that, you know, and, and the pra- practicing from that place. So uh, as we come into our, you know, uh, our daily lives, we're having to make those many choices, you know, of uh, kind of the small choices. But it's not even particularly like choices of what time of day you do this and that, particularly in terms of how you what response you come you come up with when you get that sense of you know there's a squeeze there's a little bit where you you kind of challenge you're not quite certain or there's some pressure on and you know you could just kind of go down the old <laughs> familiar way in which we sort of you know s- sneak through it get out of it and say oh, well okay I'm, f- I'm fine i'll do that whatever you know a sort of safe known way or we could just just meet that sense of conflict you know like do you really want to do this it's like making those 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 choices are you doing this just because it's familiar or because you actually want to do it you feel it's valuable you know yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you know many things of this nature like you know in terms of what how we act, how we respond to others, how we respond to the, the stuff that comes at us. Particularly where we find ourselves caught in dilemmas of uncertainty. Which way to go, what to do. We could go the familiar way, where we know how to do it, or we could just pause at that fork in the road let things gather let just you know take a risk autonomy 
real autonomy. I mean, autonomy, independence from your, from even from, from your stuff, not just from other people, but for independence from your own, sank for the sankharas. Is the is the true autonomy? It's not, you know, being autonomous from one's, you know, peer, elders or peers or whatever it is. But it's autonomy from your own habits. Is the is the really important one? Doesn't mean you have to do everything differently, but at least you, you've got that sense of there's a choice here, and that ability to make clear choice is. Um, is is very enlivening and it kind of me it it's more awakened so one of the uh kind of familiar conundrums is that everything prefers inertia <laughs> things incline back to inertia you know Was that that sense that you know, you think even um, atoms do this? <laughs> it's that building. <laughs> they don't change if they don't have to. You know, they tend to keep going in the same pattern, and that's kind of what holds the holds the universe together in a way. Um, and so, also, human beings, the psychology is that is to find the norm the stable so in fact we have don't have to be so awake we can do a lot more things on on kind of automatic on coast coasting on that's that sort of uh you know and so when you come on retreat one of the you know challenging things is actually breaking some of those habits you know getting up earlier uh sitting longer uh keeping silent all these obvious things but these, in fact, are, are pretty crude, but they give you the idea of of the the feeling that comes up when you don't want to, that something doesn't want to do that, <laughs> even though you kind of signed up for it. <laughs> you 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 know, but something doesn't want to change, doesn't want to be stirred, stirred doesn't want to be stirred, doesn't want to have to go to that kind of clumsy, fumbly, not together bit. You know, it's just sort of being inertia, <coughs> uh, and uh, yeah. And of course, when we, you know, when we get into meditation, so when that starts to get pleasant, then I don't want to have to get up and do things. I want to sit here and meditate. <laughs> I don't want to go outside. I don't want to deal with people. <laughs> The same thing continues, you know, the same voice, the same feeling. Of, well, no. <laughs> Leave me alone, I'm all right. <laughs> and, uh, but you follow that, you can actually start to close down. So even in meditation, there's that need, in really, in, the, in actually just in the form of meditation practice of mindfulness breathing, you have to keep the sense of expanding it, just as if you're continually just leaning at the edges of your awareness, just... Yeah, spreading it around, really. So sort of avoiding that sense of it, where calm by itself will tend to contract. You tend to cocoon. Yeah. You, know, you tend to sort of close in. So you actually got to keep sort of 
you know, the sense of spreading awareness, suffusing, the suffusive sense, and checking around. It's not, not necessarily through, you know, intellectual inquiry, but so much as just the sense of almost like the awareness just moving around till you can feel that you've actually covered or that it's really spread through everything. You've come into fullness. Mm. Then you maintain that and you keep looking out for those places where part of you wants to kind of close in or hang on. Like when we're doing the, the qigong, you're standing, and you can sense how your body wants to close in around your chest. And rather than just be completely open when we do standing meditation, mm-hmm. something wants to find something to, you know, close in on and get your head down in. And when it when that happens, of course, it's a sense of closing in as that feeling of some relief, and then the programs start going because you've gone into program territory. You know, you've gone into the place where, where you've gone back into that the most gravitational pull of the habit-seeking mind. So as it pulls in, then the old kind of habits come up and then suddenly you find yourself kind of embedded. Yeah. But to, to, in our, you know, the more daily life sense or f- one can feel how that meeting that the edge of what's coming without having um, you know at least checking that we're not just adopting old strategies you're looking at just giving yourself the chance to have that that two second three second what do you really feel with this what's actually this about how are you with this do you want to be with this is this, you know, just that sense of keeping awake to the moment as it comes up. That's where you start to see small changes, seemingly small changes that actually like rather like, um, you know, f- uh, turning a turning an oil tanker around. It's <laughs> just like a going, you know, just a couple of degrees. But you keep going that way long enough, you've made big change. You know, just like lifting your foot half an inch off the accelerator of the car. It's not a big move, but it's very significant. You know, it's just that sense of suddenly you come into a different kind of gear. You're not gearing on automatic anymore. And even if you sort of want to do the same thing, but you're doing it with a much clearer sense of, yeah, this is what I'm with. I want to notice and witness that. Then even if you're doing the same thing externally, you're not doing it from the, the habit half asleep mind you're doing it which wit- witnessing watching attentive to the assumptions or the you know how am I what what is this what I do this how am I with this uh, so this in a way this is what the whole that that the fetter called attachment to um, conventions and Customs, sila pata paramasa, sila vata paramasa. It's this sense of uh, attachment to customs, techniques, routines, um, behaviors, things that we do on a regular, repeated basis. Yeah. And so, 
and this is considered a feta. Of course, why why it is a feta is because it, it, you know, in a way, it's a normal part of what human beings do. They, we do establish procedures and protocols and precepts and standards and so forth. You know? But it's the attachment to them where you're running them even when they're, they're not necessary or valid just for the sake of familiarity. You know, you know that, that parable of the what was it? What was it? The cat. I think it was something like the temple cat. You know, I think it's a sort of story whereby, you know, this temple of some kind. It doesn't really matter what religion it was. It's all the same. <laughs> On the sense of you know doing these routine things, and uh, and the temple cat used to come in. Sit, sit in the in the shrine, and sometimes it would pee on the shrine or something. <laughs> so they get this thing every morning. They come in and throw the cat out, you know. So what some of the job was to come in and make sure the cat was thrown out, you know. And uh, <laughs> so somebody was this kind of that was his position. That was his job to do that. You know. So after a while, you know, the, the cat died. And so the years went on for years and years and years. This person would come in and kind of go up the shrine, and you know, there was this cushion the cat would sit on and kind of toss the cushion out. So after many years, the cat died, and the person went in, kept going in and picking up the cushion and throwing it out because <laughs> 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 it, it was a it was part of the thing you did. You know, people have forgotten why, even though there wasn't a cat there anymore. <laughs> Because uh, obviously in in religions, then these things, you know, the rituals and customs become sacrosanct, sacred, you know, to do something different is like challenging the tradition and not, you know, irreverent and not respectful and so forth. So that's why the parable is, is about that, you know. But then we do the same sorts of things. You know, everyone does the same sort of thing. This is This is a considered a, a human fetter rather than a p- particular um, corruption of any p- specific religion. It's, it's right across the board. Everybody's got it. <laughs> Everybody's out sort of milking non-existent cows and uh, <laughs> taking the dog walk that died five years ago and you know, reading the paper they don't actually read anymore. They just look at it because it's something you do at breakfast time. It doesn't matter what it says. You know, you just look at it and, you know, Saying the same, saying the conventional things that we say without really knowing what we're saying, um, you know. Assuming we are something, this is where it gets really, you know, you know, the seed of paramarsation starts with how you manage yourself, you know, how you actually, actually it starts with how you structure yourself, how you relate to yourself becomes a kind of custom as well, you know, the the food you eat things you do when you look for recreation um, the growing assumptions of what you can and can't do so you, you kind of gradually limit yourself down you don't take risks we don't take risks we don't look afresh at why do we do that or have you tried this yeah. 
So that's that's and coming against that means that when you when you take a risk, the chances are that it will be a bit uncomfortable because you won't actually have the program ready. So it'll be kind of awkward, uncomfortable. You feel funny. You feel unbalanced. You feel awkward. You know, you want to do that. Actually, you want to feel awkward because <laughs> you can't grow without that. As you're coming to new territory, it's bound to feel, in some ways, slightly risky, odd, uncertain. There'll be the sense of can't do this, or what, what you know, failure or something like that. But every time you do one of those, you get more, more alive. You know, you get more kind of sense of wonder comes up, fresher, and you're making that choice. Making that choice like that becomes even um, particularly important when you know middle-aged or so, when you've actually established a whole, you know, quite detailed and reasonably well-working system of being me. (laughs) 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 It kind of functions, (laughs) you know. Uh, and so th- these particularly important then to sort of start to overhaul it, put it in the pit, take the wheels off. <laughs> what does it do when you when you make that extra bit of? What does it do when you stop doing that? What does it do when you dare to do that? You know, when you dare to just say, "Well, I don't feel like doing that. I want to do this." You know. A friend of mine was, I think he was 50, in his 50s, and he worked in an advertising agency. He was fe- very, pretty high up in it. And he knew there was this one guy I- in this company, everything was a complete nutter because he just worked himself to the death, you know, it's just world wo- wo- workaholic. And uh, so, he, he, you know, he thought he knew this guy was like that you know and so my friend was working away and then one one afternoon the guy phoned this guy who you know his workaholic phoned him up and he he said oh he phoned you yeah uh, it's Sunday afternoon I knew you'd be in the office so the workaholic phoned my friend up telling him I knew you'd be in the office on Sunday afternoon still working he realised God I'm as nutty as he is just that phrase, I knew you'd be in the office, you know, you've actually got so programmed, every knows exactly what your program is, and you'll always be the one who'll do that, it's so predictable, you know, everybody knows you, and you don't even know yourself, you don't even know how, how, you know, encrusted, how formed, how trapped you've become, because you grew into it, slowly, and everybody recognises that's the one who always does that. That's the one who never does that. That's the one, you know. And he heard this voice telling him, you know, I knew you'd be in the office. He put the phone down. And he just got up and just walked out for three weeks. <laughs> he just went walking to see. <laughs> the effect was like a, one of those road to Damascus experiences, you know. 
you are so utterly predictable. That's what you've become, you know. And he just walked out. Left a note on the desk, gone. <laughs> just walked out. <laughs> so so regain regain one's own life. To regain the ability to be alive. Rather than to be living, you know, as some kind of work project or some kind of habit till <laughs> <Did> you drop. <laughs> and it's not really just about working a lot, it's about many, many things that where we become you know, everybody knows you. You're so predictable. You know. And it's not all bad by any means, but it's just so predictable. And you feel some of what happened to to being alive, you know. What happened to stopping and looking out the window? What happened to deciding to learn to play the piano? What happened to doing something just just for f- just for fun, just for the hell of it? Why not? You know, what happened to that? <laughs> what happened to going into the don't know bits? What happened to taking a chance, taking a risk? What happened to letting yourself be late for something? Mm. And again, this is really talking about external behaviours, but it's, it's that, that sometimes, you know, you, you get that s- these senses of, you know, the the that something you've got to do or be or respond to or make, and the feeling comes <coughs> up, and you can almost sense it. Of you, you suppose you've got to do that, you're supposed to do that, and something you doesn't want to do it, but then you think something you feels, oh, I couldn't do the opposite. I couldn't not do this. I couldn't not do this, and you believe that. It's like you know, somewhere in that can't not got to you know. There's a sort of monster lurking down there of how what would happen if you didn't, or what would happen if you did. You know, if you did this, what would happen? It's kind of feeling of dark, cold, lost, alone, world falling apart. You know, some some vague feeling. You know, and that that vague monster holds you firmly <laughs> into your sakaras <laughs> and it doesn't really again it doesn't really matter whether you 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 know whether you do things or not it's just whether you actually live persuaded by these monsters of doubt of uh, you haven't even explored like what the what if well, Certainly for my, you know, I, in my own case, and then, you know, this is a, my position is a very, a lot of discipline, responsibilities, duties, and so forth. I'm kind of very known in many ways, I guess, you know. I'm out there. <laughs> for good or for bad. <laughs> Bits of both. <laughs> And then, you know, certainly, it's however, when I've done it, I've put a lot of time into just kind of cr- creating, 
or being you know being part of a part of a process of creating monasteries you know let's say i've created them i've certainly been part of a process of putting a lot of effort into creating monasteries teaching training managing holding things bearing it building things up so forth and um you know following that and all good stuff good stuff you don't regret it it's not the actions it's it's the person who gets formed out of those the actions are fine it's just who gets formed out of it you know <laughs> so that the thing something comes up that person feels oh i i do that because i always did and i always will and i always supposed to you know not oh that's interesting or oh, i feel like doing that but no i'm supposed to you know they want it's it wants me to whatever it is they want me to whoever they are you know and uh you know and it can be various things it can be the tradition it can be you know well you project it onto the lay people want me to or the monks want me to and you realize they, they don't <laughs> <laughs> they don't really mind that much you know they'd like me to but it's not that big a deal <laughs> You know, actually, what's what's saying that is is one of these grey monsters, little you know, invisible grey monsters. Say, oh, you know, and you d- and you believe them. They just give a little whisper, and you believe it because <laughs> you feel that sense of, well, if I didn't, you don't actually investigate, and so something you kind of sort of hardens, and again, it's not really what you're doing it's how you're doing it and why you're doing we're actually doing from the fullness of you know i can i can move into this you know i feel good with this i want to bring into this or it comes from the habit pushed forward by the monster of habit the monster of supposed to and uh, so I, I certainly remember it, you know a few years ago i just got to a, a point and i actually just told everybody repeat you know just look just i want to have to s- i'm going to say this out loud because i need to hear it and i said I, I can't do this the way i've done it i can't keep doing this i can't do this the way i used to do it and just <laughs> I didn't ask. I don't know what to do. I just know this, because it's like it's uh, something there is, is is closing off, awakening. You know, and it's not anybody's fault. It's not. It's not nothing wrong with the doing. It's it's what I'm becoming. In that, and I uh, just sort of basically just pulled the plug. You know, and uh, spent about just doing really what was really needed but just really kind of stopping doing lots of things stopping being lots of things stopping being you know the one with the answers all the time just stopping going down those habits and uh, really quite uh, confusing in some ways but it got to the point when it's really necessary you know for awakening to be confused vague not who i'm not who i've used to being 
accustomed to being supposed to be imagine you know other people expect me to be you know so you get, can get held in that in that imagination limited by this imagining this self-imaging this self-imagining into things that don't actually support you do you much good you're only running on 30% of willingness <laughs> you think everybody else wants you to actually they don't really mind one way or another you know they, they, could, <laughs> they can live with it or if they do well you know what's this life about yours or everybody else's and you know you kind of ask yourself in these particularly in these kind of shared relational experiences do you want the people you live with would you like them to be genuinely who they are or would you like them to be just putting on a front to please you which would you prefer yeah and would you would you do you uh, do you trust and respect them enough to do the same that you will actually try to honestly clearly be who you are right now rather than be who you think you're supposed to be which would which do you think would be better you know to take that chance do you think that would be worthwhile and maybe to make a mistake recognizing whatever we do is some something's going to hurt <laughs> so whatever we do there's going to be some blame or praise blame gain loss whatever you can't you can't avoid that but what you can avoid is losing sincerity losing integrity losing wholeness and then if you if you're living in wholeness then the knocks and hurts don't sink in because you 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 have that quality you know your awareness is rich and full and bright so it doesn't it's like it's uh becomes a uh, a quality that protects you sure you get knocked around but it's like um you know when i walked when i did the pilgrimage around mount kailash it's a bit like that you know part of you is half dead with it and part of you is absolutely exhilarated with it <laughs> You know, you go this pilgrimage route, uh, which is the main thing is oxygen deprivation. So it can be extremely difficult and you get very confused and sick and worn down by all. And so part of that's going on, part of you is absolutely exhilarated and blissful. Yeah. It's rather like life is really, can be like that, like a pilgrimage. And, uh, you know the the chance to live the spirit and you know accept whatever the costs are for that this is what is to, to really fill come into a personal form that's guided by dhamma rather than formed out of sankharas formed out of old patterns so we have this you know last day or so time together you know and, and uh, it's always too short started off perhaps being too long 
got about right and now it's going to be just too bit too short, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> and uh, so that just that the encouragement to to sort of you know realize well that calm and quiet is about as much as you can expect for this time round. Um, then investigation of uh, some of the you know, forthcoming scenarios. You may have already started to think about those. You might as well do it with some sense of purpose. Start to look at where you get that feeling of, oh, I'm going to do that. A <laughs> 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 <The> resignation. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do that. Or, or uh, just look at some of these um, experiences and... and uh, so if there are things we have to do, can we approach them from a different way? Like, well, how does this affect me? What, you know? So you use it for in inquiry and exploration. Mm -hmm. Is there something new that you'd like to do? Did you give you make yourself a gift after this period? You know, I'd like to give you something, but I think even more interesting is if you you find your own gift, because that's the one you really need. Make a little gift to yourself. Uh, or something that you'd... interesting, different, alive. A small thing for yourself. A little gift. Mm. Gift of Dhamma. <laughs> 